0: Hello, Annie Trenders. It is I, James, your perennial host. Uh, I was gonna say something funny, but then I completely blanked because I was trying to set up my other hosts. Uh, speaking of those other hosts, here they are. Introduce yourselves.
1: Hi, everyone. This is Gracie, hopping back and forth between Girl Talku and this podcast again. And
2: and I'm Nick. Uh, I I don't know. My thoughts are just right in the void. And it's been like that for like the last week, only because I finally finished Naoki Urasawa's monster anime. I had to find it with less dubious means, but oh my god, what an anime. The secret ingredient is crime. A little bit of crime, but it actually, it, it, it kind of it teaches you that some crimes are worth it. <laughs>
1: <laughs> no, what? No, you're going down a tricky route.
2: <laughs> yeah, no. Uh, I w- I really want to talk about this eventually, but it's one of those shows where it's a pretty long series. Uh, goes through a ton of moral and ethical dilemmas that I still keep thinking about as I went, and it was just like probably one of the more unsettling thrillers that I've watched um, recent days. Uh, ten out of ten anime. I'm still thinking about the ending. Theme is great. Loved it. I need to finish Monster. I know that I, I started at about the same
0: time, I think, that you did. Um, mm-hmm. And then after, you know, like 10 or ten or so episodes, uh, just put it on pause and haven't picked it up since. Um, Which, it, it's also a little intimidating, because it's like a 76 episode show.
2: Yeah, and the thing is, it, it's broken up into so many arcs, because the main point of it is, like, you're following the surgeon, Dr. Tenma, who... Uh, is told oh you have to do surgery on a rich person for that person to live instead of like a young boy who also is going to die if he doesn't yeah, operate on one it of them it starts with an ethical dilemma yeah and so at that point he realizes wait no all all patients are equal, and I'm gonna have to try to save the ch- the child because like money shouldn't determine the status and then it turns out that the kid is a serial killer, so now he has to like undo his mistake that ends up biting him like ten years later yeah it's it's um i funnily enough I remember
0: uh i think do you remember uh demo when he still did anime videos? Oh yeah, did he do one on this? He he like... he brought one up. Um, he he mentioned Monster. I think he was either doing like a Halloween episode or he was doing something else. Like he brought it up and was like, "This is a really good adaptation of the original because it's based on um,
2: like a story called like The Country Doctor or something like that."
3: Hmm. Yeah.
2: Yeah. I mean, it's it's still its own manga too, from that too, and like the long, oh yeah. uh, long running show. Um, because, I mean, there's it's not just, like, the Doctor's whole crusade to try to find and stop Johan, but, like, you, you do have to, like, it's just a giant mystery because you're really recontextualizing a lot of events that the show presents. Um, funnily enough, I feel like Attack on Titan does this a lot, too, with some of its plot points where there's a huge mystery carrot that's being dangled the whole time, and you're thinking, wow, I wonder if this mystery thing is going to be like this and you, you, you set up your own expectations going into it. And then like, when you finally get to like that point where you, you, you're given the answer, it's like nothing you expected and has to recontextualize like everything you saw in the, like the last 20 episodes before that. And does it like four or five times. It's such a good show. Mm-hmm. All right. Well, as, as much as I would love to talk about monster, um,
0: that is not the topic of today's episode. Once I finish it, we can we can have a chat. We can we can sit down and talk about it. Um, But before we get into our main topic, it's time to do our chart check. And goodness gracious, this is the first time I think I've seen this kind of. uh, This kind of consistency in our charts. So anyway, this is for week four and our top spot first place goes to my dress up Darling. 2nd place goes to Attack on Titan Final Season Part Two. Third place goes to Demon Slayer Kimetsu no Yaiba Entertainment District Arc. 4th place goes to Akebi's Sailor Uniform. 5th place goes to Sasaki and Miyano. 6th place goes to Sabikui Bisco. 7th place goes to The Case Study of Vanitas Part Two. Eighth 8th place goes to Karakai Jozu no Takagi-san Season 3. Uh, ninth place goes to Fantasy Bishoujo Juniku Ojisanto. I guess Fantasy Bishoujo is what we're calling it all. Uh, tenth place goes to Princess Connect Redive Season Two. Free Connect. Free
2: Connect. <laughs> exactly. What I was like, I was like, there's a show that you're like extra happy that's in this chart. I don't know. if I it's am. Because,
0: I'm so happy that last Princess. Week? Last week, and I think the week before that, and even on like Sakuga Twitter. Um, conversations about the animation in this show have kind of been making the rounds and it's definitely it's really good and i think i mentioned it during the first impressions episode but like this show basically looks better than it has any right to be considering what it's about and how it's season one went like season one was fine i i enjoyed season one it was this nice little like Adventure of the Week romp, it was a good comedy, it had some kind of emotional parts, it had characters that were fun to watch interact together. Um it it you know, it was just a fun little thing to watch once a week. Um and I expected more of the same when I got season when season two got announced, and they just upped everything. Um so far they've been focusing a lot more on their core cast of characters, but the animation has just way extra. Um it's again, it's like better than it has any right to be. Uh, But I'm also thrilled about it because it means more eyes are on this particular project. Not that I, you know, play the mobile game that it's associated with. This is a Games Pictures anime and uh, it's, you know, basically it fits the role of an anime being made to be an advertisement for something else, whether that be like a mobile game or a manga or a light novel. And normally when you get those kind of adaptations, they're fine. They're not usually anything to write home about just because their goal is to just get people interested in whatever the original property is or the original like adaptation or source material. But the fact that the effort is going in to make princess connect redive season Two look this good is kind of nice. Cause they didn't have to do it.
2: Yeah. And it's like, I think that the only the other example I can think of this season that is kind of the opposite of what you just described is a, uh... Was it Girls Frontline? I think it's not even in our top thirty charts, but I know that it's like one of those ones that's like there's mobile games. It's, game t- it's in twenty fifth place. Girls Frontline is. Oh, it's twenty fifth. I, I I totally up. Is it up.
1: bad like right now or?
2: Uh, I mean it's it's just below Orient and Requiem of the Rose King, and I hate Orient, so that's <laughs> like easily one of the worst things I've ever watched. Um, oh my gosh. Yeah. Yeah. No. Sorry. It's like my only side tangent to the side tangent. I don't like. I don't like. Uh. Half baked shonen. If that makes sense. <laughs> I think that's fair. <laughs> like, I think that's fair. <laughs> it's like, oh no! It's so. It's too easy to. Con- but yeah. So I, I digress. So the point is that like, kind of Girls' Frontline seems to have some issues. I guess where it's just there is a mobile game. I know that one of my friends really likes the game at least likes the story but i don't know if the the show is even going to get to quote the good parts of girls frontline from the story um it's almost like that if if fgo had an adaptation and it was only like the first four parts before it gets to like anything that remotely resembles like good literature
0: oh that's rough yeah and yeah. the interest, the interesting thing, and this is this is just something I've heard through the grapevine, having not played Girls Frontline or watched the show, is that you're kind of getting a shotgun blast of characters. The they're they're trying to you know appeal to everybody's you know favorite character from the Gotcha Game, but the the flaw to that is that you don't get a chance to develop them at all. And I think the difference when it comes to comparing it to its other kind of comparative show this season, which is Princess Connect Redive is that Precona has like a core cast of four. There's four of them. And then there's episodic introductions of other people, but they're only there, or they're like a recurring gag character. And so you get to know four characters really well, and then there's a little bit of development for other people. But because you have a small cast, it means that you understand them a lot more. And Fate does a very similar thing with... It's like you, there's a little bit of like, you must know this much about the property before you are allowed to like fully enjoy a particular anime adaptation. But you know, there's, I think like at this point I I can safely say like hundreds of servants. I wouldn't be surprised if there's like at least 200 in the mobile game, at least for the Japanese version. Um, and, but you don't get all of them all at once in each story segment. Each story segment will focus on maybe 10 and, that's still and when I say 10, I mean more like there's four and then there's six that show up a lot like that's that's kind of a through line for almost all the stories, even in the mobile game. It's like there's the protagonist, there's MASH, your you know main other like protagonist style character. And then usually you ha- you get partnered with like one person that's consistent throughout and then a bunch of others that meet up and fill different roles in the story. So for continuity, that makes things a lot easier in like, structuring an actual narrative. <laughs> so I'm the one... thing... Oh, yeah, go for it.
2: Yeah, no, I, I was going to kind of shift subjects a little bit. Still, still focusing on top ten, but... So I see Sabikuri Bisco went up two spots yeah. from last week. Um, is there any other thoughts that we have on that one? Oh, yeah, it's
1: really great and enjoyable. I love the world. It's so vibrant and exciting and different. It's just so unique, I think, is the biggest thing. Like, where do you see giant, like, crabs being used as transportation? And, oh, a shrimp has, like, an entire shrine on its back, and it has basically (laughs) been asleep for, like, a millennium. And so humans built a shrine over it, thinking it was a piece of land until it suddenly woke up and the shrine was moving. I was like, oh, I love that, like, chef's kiss. and then. In the last episode, there were like killer blower fish who like swim in the sky and they'll like eat humans. And uh, the main character literally would like shoot those arrows and form giant mushrooms from the arrows that just downs the blower fish and they just go Ooh, and they like fall down. It's great. It's it's such a ride. I love it.
2: <laughs> yeah, that's so funny because it's like I I enjoy the context of that in the show and it's it's funny if you put that in like Magi, I'd just be like, oh, I hate it. This is this is bad. But when, like in this context, because they go so overboard with the surrealism in every they part really of the setting, mm-hmm. it's like yeah. there's no point where I have to be like, wait, this doesn't make sense. I don't, but like I don't care anymore. It's just like this is this is a visual um, treat.
1: Honestly, it is that commitment to the wacky world that I think just really, really sells the story. Obviously, I like the main characters and they have sort of that dual dynamic that, you know, you usually find in these stories. And that's good mm-hmm. and all, but definitely it's the world that reels me in. It sucks because there is a bit of a lack of animation, as many people have pointed out. But I think they do it stylistically in a way that they're able to get away with it. At least that's my opinion. So, <laughs>
0: mm-hmm. so I have a, I have actually a pretty funny uh, response to, I believe, I, I'm i trying to remember your exact wording, because uh, I believe it was a question of where else have you seen crabs being used as transport? And I actually have an answer for that.
3: Really? Um, okay.
0: <laughs> which is, and I don't know, I don't know why I remembered this. I, I am surprised my brain cataloged it. But if you read one piece for the baroque works arc on the island that contains the Alabasta kingdom there are a couple panels in the manga i haven't watched the anime so i can't speak for that but there are a couple uh panels in the manga i believe where there is a crab that people ride on
1: all right well then i now know that there is a crab rider
0: but i could also be misremembering <laughs> it so, we'll we'll see we'll see about that. Uh, I'm I'm now super tempted to go check right now, but we're in the middle of the podcast. So, uh the one last thing I wanted to comment on is uh talk about rock steady on in terms of the top 3. Like my goodness.
2: Yeah, so if if I had a dollar every time my first take was right for this season, I'd have like 4 dollars now. So yeah, we got that <laughs> rock steady top 4 and everyone else is kind of fighting for it um yeah we have some that dropped out of top 10 some that are back in top 10 like you got movements up and down um and then there's some that like are out of that top 10 bucket that i'm like oh i guess this is better than i expected going into it like i saw love of kill jump to 14th which was like kind of cool i guess there's like kind of a market for that
1: Mm-hmm. Oh, uh, oh t- I, I think here's the thing with Love of Kill because I'm watching it. I think I've aged out of. The story, unfortunately, yeah, Uh, yeah. I like. I I definitely want more from certain from the story itself, but I know that if I was a teenage girl, that I would be slathering all over that anime. So
0: what an interesting Um,
2: choice of verb. That is a (laughs) that that is a descriptor. (laughs) I mean, it's the
1: best way for me to put it, and I it still kind of gets me at my guilty pleasure because the main the main guy character being an assassin actually genuinely being a really good assassin and the way he goes about his missions is still very cool. That's still the highlight when I watch it. But uh, for me, I need more from the girl now. I can't just have her be more of like a passive character that's sort of along for the ride. But I know as a teenager, the passive girl tends to be more of like a self-insert than anything else and so there's definitely a market for it it's just that I've mentally and emotionally aged out of it so yeah (laughs) and and I'm even
2: gonna retract my first statement because I realized that a show that I'm not gonna say is like two spaces directly above it the three word one so I'm like oh okay I think that's our bar of like everything like even remotely even and below this is like kind of garbage tier. (laughs) thats uh you, you are allowed to say the name like i'll
0: i'll say it it's world's end harem is at 12th place which is down a spot from 11th the fact that it ever made it in the top 10 is a crime but you know we don't we don't yeah, make that, the votes yeah that
1: that a part of me like died inside when i saw it on our charts
2: <laughs> it honestly makes me against democracy seeing that it is just <laughs> it's a travesty
0: <laughs> it it fell out pretty quickly um so yeah anyway um that was our chart check. I need to I need to get like a soundboard and start like making drops for each of our
2: segments because I think that that would be really funny. Um, we could just start like I, could, I could just start throwing stuff around my room. It could be like one of those Kramer noises, like, <laughs> like, it's like it's <laughs> yeah, like Jim crazy. Kramer, yeah, Jim Kramer, just like stocks are stocks going up, stocks going down, bye bye bye.
0: So Another merger Monday. Means. Slap the button. Make a fart noise. Anyway, uh, so today's topic. I was, I was really hoping actually that one of these shows um, would, would stick it out at the top 10 because then it would have been like comparing a top 10 show versus another not top 10 show. But unfortunately, that does not seem to be the case because the Genius Prince's Guide to Raising a Nation Out of Debt dropped down to 11th place this week. But um, yeah, so our topic this week, 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 I keep saying the same words over and over again, not that there's really an alternative for units of time, Um is a compare-contrast between, I'll say, two similarly titled shows. uh, Which would be The Genius Prince's Guide to Raising a Nation Out of Debt and How a Realist Hero Rebuilt the Kingdom. In this case, this is part two. This is season two right now for it. Season one came out, I think, two seasons ago. Something like that. And because they're both, you know... I think I made this joke in First Impressions where it's uh adjective noun verb noun in in terms like but they're all very similar so it's like positive adjective uh position of authority noun verb that means to bring something up and then like country or country equivalent it is and then, very and much then like
2: bonus and then bonus quote for the light novel if you throw in like a quotation like would, yeah would, like the quotes like wait Eh, I have to rebuild the kingdom with <laughs> economics. Oh, my
0: mic's peaking. Oh, well. Um, Yeah, no, it is very much like somebody took the title of one and just individually input the words into thesaurus.com and just, like,
2: picked <laughs> the words that came out of it. <laughs> That's pretty funny, actually. The exceptionally smartacular authority prince man raises the nation out of debt. I don't know. It's hard to distinguish. I'll be honest, because I haven't seen either of the shows, so I'm kind of acting as, like, the the sponge for this information. I really wish I didn't see them on the chart because now I have an idea of which one is the good one, which one is the bad one, but I'm gonna have to forget, because before this episode, I had no idea how to differentiate between both of them, even though we've, like, went over this, like, twice now. Yeah, we, we brought this up in first
0: impressions, I think. And, and at that time, both Gracie and I are, like, one
2: of these is better than the other yeah and so like my whole problem is like how do i distinguish from honestly just these isekais because the light novel titles are just um kind of long and winding but also my first impression as i'm looking at the title it's got something to do with economics uh i guess he's nation building i guess um, the only other equivalent I have is like, how does this compare to something that I, I know I like that's based off of a light novel that's about economics called Spice and Wolf? <laughs> oh, uh, I'll, I'll, I'll lay it out right now. Um, you're not going to get
0: an economics lesson like Spice and Wolf will give you. And, uh, okay. So honestly, if you want the diff, my, my like one sentence reply to what is the difference between one of them? The immediate response out of my brain is one of them is funny
2: oh okay so it's not as not as big brained as a
0: <laughs> it's it's um wh- well first why don't we start with kind of a rough summary of each of them gracie do you want to take one and i'll take the other
1: yes can i take the one i like more oh
0: yeah absolutely. <laughs>
1: <laughs> okay so basically genius prince's guide to raising a nation out of debt is focused on a prince and he is extremely, extremely smart and hardworking, but he's a teenage boy and he does not want to be involved in any sort of the political side of things and having to rule his nation. But unfortunately, his father is unwell. And so that forces him as the next heir to step into the position while his father is physically recovering. And it's basically the shenanigans of him succeeding a little too well at like helping his nation much to his frustration because all he wants to be is a teenage slacker and like be one of those spoiled princes that don't really do anything all day, except for, you know, read whatever he wants to read and lounge wherever he wants to lounge on, on a girl's lap. But anyway, um, so basically it's a very comedic sort of storyline of this prince and his continued pursuit to try to get out of his responsibilities, but doing too good of a job as a ruler to ever get out of his responsibilities.
0: Yeah, um, the, the main character from A Genius Prince's Guide to Raising a Nation Out of Debt is cursed by competency. Um, he's too good at his job.
1: And it's hilarious. It's hilarious.
0: <laughs> uh, meanwhile, on the flip side, we have... How a Realist Hero Rebuilt the Kingdom Part 2. And this is something actually that I want to bring up before I get into this one, is that uh, Genius Prince is actually not an isekai. It is just a fantasy show. Right, Uh,
1: yes. Mm
3: -hmm. Meanwhile,
0: Realist Hero is very much an isekai in the terms of we spend all of three minutes in the first episode being in the real world before he gets summoned somewhere else. Um, The basic plot of How a Realist Hero Rebuilt the Kingdom is... Uh, Soma Kazuya is an 18-year-old living in Japan with no family or friends. Uh, after his grandfather dies, he's studying to be a civil servant, to just, like, get a job and be a government drone. Uh, honestly, I envy that. I want to be a government drone. Um, but he gets summoned to another world and is told hey you've been summoned as a hero by this kingdom and now we're going to ship you off to another country because we need you to be a tribute because we don't have the money to pay to be like a contributing member of this like human alliance against the demons so there's you know the demon human war that's in basically every isekai story Mm -hmm. um, but with a little bit of like you know international politics involved and his response is like hey how about you don't Send me to the Empire, and instead, why don't I help you get things back on track to be able to pay your i'll just say tithes in this case um to you know to pay your obligations so that I don't have to basically get thrown into the lion's den uh and he is super i how do i say i'll say this more objectively he displays such a degree of of understanding on civic affairs and running uh, and and running things that the king decides to abdicate and instead make uh, Sulma the king and now he's the king and has to do all sorts of other stuff to finish these reforms to like get the country out of a food shortage and overhaul the transportation infrastructure and this that and the other thing and it's his journey of doing that um that's the summary. Now now we can begin to opine on them. Uh, but before we get into that, Nick, between the two, which one do you think you would enjoy more?
2: Uh, I mean, you could probably sell me any show if you just kind of say the summary pretty cool like that. Um... I I honestly, you're putting me on the spot here. I have not (laughs) that much to go with. Like, in my head, I don't want to be, like, rude about this. Being like, ah, both sound like light novel trash. Move on is, like, my first instinct. That's fine. But I know that's not true. I just like, I like saying that about titles that are more than, like, that are longer than, like, five words.
0: Yeah, that's true. That's fine. Um... I'll get I'll get into it now. Uh, I mean, I think the the consensus among Gracie and me is is very clear, which is that the Genius Prince is just a better show. Um, I don't know. Am I putting words in your mouth, Gracie? No,
1: no, no it is. I think so. First of all, the Genius Prince caught my eye before all the uh, before the other one, just because of the character designs. I felt like the character designs of the Genius Prince popped out a lot more. And so and so I was already more interested in that. But I think what genius Prince just does a better job of is it doesn't okay, so they're both geniuses, right? Which is a whole isekai trope, you know, the overpowered protagonist, et cetera, et cetera, sort of thing. Which even though this isn't an isekai, you can you can actually you can still sort of like assign it that, you know, trope per se to Prince Wayne. But I think there is a clear distinction because Wayne, while he is extraordinarily smart and in a way prodigal, he does have like a legitimate reason because he went to school in like the Empire in a special academy. So he's been trained for as long as he could remember to be studious on strategies and economics and finance and all that stuff because eventually he is going to become king and just des- and you know despite his cheeky nature he does very much not want his kingdom to be a trash fire and so or a dumpster fire so it makes sense that he would still like take it seriously so his sort of prodigies uh, side of him does make sense in context because like yeah you would want to train your son to be good at these things cuz he's going to be the king but then the second thing that really pops out about him is is just that he really does have such a big personality and he actually acts like a teenager because Uh, Up front, you know, he's that cool, sophisticated, you know, Prince Wayne who knows everything and he always has ambitions, supposedly, and like he can predict things and stuff like that. But then you have his like internal thoughts, which is formed by like a chibi version of him, where it's just him freaking out on things happening. So in the last episode, he managed to uh, deduce that someone was going to, uh, someone was hidden and was gonna attack him from like the other side instead. So he managed to jump out of the way And, uh, and the guy who attacked him was like, like, I can't believe you managed to predict that. And he was all like, of course I managed to predict that. What kind of prince would I be? And then it cuts to his internal thoughts. He's like, oh my God, like, I will never be able to pull off a save like that ever again. (laughs) It's like these sort of like, um, changes between the two that I think just really seals him more as like a character and as more interesting than just, oh, I know all these things and, and just. That's just how I am, you know, sort of thing, so i I just yeah, to use Prince, the characters like stand out to me a lot more, I just think they have a lot more personality, and it's just genuinely so funny i I laugh so hard every single Tuesday,
0: <laughs> Gracie, it's called Gapmoy,
1: oh yes, 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 he does have that Gapmoy thing it's so it's I think that's the thing that just kills me all the time because, and there is also like his other Gapmoy too, where he does. Where he does, you know, like throw a fit and stuff with meaning because they're basically a couple without being a couple. And so uh where he throws a fit and stuff like that, but then his chibi form is actually more soft and more like uh reeled in where he's just like, Oh, well, you know, it is what it is. I just have to accept it and move on versus like on the outwards where he's like, No, and, like throwing a tantrum and stuff. And so I just I just like these little things and I think I just think it's more fun. So yeah. <laughs>
0: it's i think i think the big thing is that uh genius prince doesn't take itself as seriously as realist hero my understanding of realist hero because i'm i came i got introduced to it a lot earlier uh, i read i had been aware of the manga adaptations of both of these light novels uh, but i started reading realist hero a little bit earlier uh and funnily enough i know that you said you like the character designs in um genius prince more the illustrations for the light novel and the manga for realist hero i think are nicer looking than the illustrations for um genius prince which it 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 is almost a testament at this point to how much the animation kind of suffers uh in terms of adaptation and that's one of the things i've got my notes here and aside from like talking about the philosophy of the show and the way that the storytelling is done the animation on that like if, this is not jc staff's greatest work <laughs>
1: i mean i think we've talked about this but uh, jc staff's kind of been struggling for the last few years uh we touched on it briefly but they're also responsible for requiem of the rose king and, you know, Nick has already said, like, he isn't quite sure if the lack of animation is actually a stylistic choice or whether it was literally because they couldn't do it. So, yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah.
2: yeah. it's I'm, Oh, go for it. I was about to say, like, yeah, after a while, it's almost like there's, like, a history of it, and I can't tell if it's just the quality of the animation or it's just horribly mismanaged because it's, like, whenever you see JC Staff, it's, like, all I think of is just, like, One Punch Man Season 2 or other things where... You know that it's like it, there's like there's like a management issue that you kind of hear it on the Sakuga blog. Um.
0: It's it's interesting though because Realist here also has these like very interesting camera shots. Like the camera will pan a particular way that I think looks really cool. But because the baseline is so uninspiring and sometimes even just bad, like some of the there's a scene where. The princess and one of the, and, uh, the king's main bodyguard are, like, having a practice sparring match, mm-hmm. and there's sometimes it's just like, hmm, I'm normally, you know, normally if there's, like, two or three frames of something that doesn't look too great, uh, I can't pay attention quickly enough for me to catch it, but if I'm able to notice, like, some sloppy animation, then that's really when it's, it's gonna struggle. Mm-hmm. Um, I realize, though, that my notes at this point, just because I kind of had to binge a bunch of season one of Realist Hero uh, today and yesterday, is mostly me, like, complaining <laughs> about Realist Hero, but I don't want this to be kind of, like, a, a rant against one show.
1: I, I'm actually uh, looking up, like, trying to find, like, light novel, manga, picture design, because to me, the first thing that stood out was the main character looks super-duper ordinary versus
0: Prince oh, Wayne, who
1: looks much more, like, he stands out, you know, so, so I'm, like, tried to find the designs. <laughs> yeah, no,
0: so so the main character of Realist Hero is as bland as bland can be. Like, he is generic. The only thing he's missing is that, like, ha- most isekai protagonists at this point usually have eyeglasses, and he doesn't. Um, the, the designs that I liked were mostly for, like, the supporting cast, so oh, Alicia, and, okay. and Juna, and Aisha, and um, and and, uh, the other guys as well, like Hakuya and and whatnot. Uh, I I like those designs a little more. Uh, it's it's actually it's funny that you mentioned self inserts during the chart check because Realist Hero is absolutely like designed to be like a self insert, which means that it's it's kind of suffered a little bit because. There's been a lot of that. I think people are kind of tired of it.
1: Mm-hmm. Yeah, um, and Prince Wayne is 100% not a self-insert, so.
0: <laughs> yeah. it And and I think, I I also want to kind of bounce off of your comments on the gap moe, uh, well, not Moi necessarily, but it's the gap between competency, like external confidence and competency and the internal like freak out mm-hmm. that is what amuses us so. Um, we don't get that in realist hero we don't get like a mental monologue really um and soma is just so good at his job all the time that i remember in episode eight of season one there's like this you know after there's like a landslide and he goes to help or whatever and then he's like so torn up that he wasn't able to help more um
1: Uh, very generic yeah (laughs) yeah
0: it's a very generic regret and it's so it doesn't it, it comes out like it's like okay I can tell that this is the scene where I'm supposed to like sympathize and feel a little bad, but I just don't. Because it, it just doesn't... He's been too bland the entire time going in to get me to care. Um, but I do enjoy Realist Hero to a degree. Uh, which... I think is a little interesting because Gracie, I'm just assuming you just don't like it.
1: I didn't. I, it, it bored me. And well, first of all, when the protagonist is that bland, you're in a world of trouble with me, especially me because I care so much about characters. And so, and yeah, so it's just like, I mean, this is the main reason why I no longer like, or uh, right now as I'm watching love of Kill, it's not hitting me as much as I would like it to, because as much as I like the secondary protagonist, I'm not getting it from the protagonist. And so I'm like, I, you got to give me more. So when the main character is like that, it's it's just a lot, a lot harder for me to be invested as a whole.
0: Yeah. And I think that's where you and I diverge in terms of what we look for in shows, because I know that you're, and as much as I appreciate good characters, I don't think I put as much weight on them as you do. And something that I, and this might this is my perception of it. I could totally be wrong, but I think that my weight in judging a show and especially a story, especially, and I keep using especially, namely when it comes to fantasy and isekai is how does the author of the series or the creator of the show develop the world that this story is going to take place in. And so that's why I will get a lot of, especially when it comes to manga That I'm reading, I'll get like maybe 20 chapters, 30 chapters in to a bunch of different Isekai series, and then only maybe like a tenth of them I'll actually be interested enough to continue reading. But I'm very excited whenever the character is dropped into someplace new and it's time to learn about the world. And it's like, okay, how has this you know author decided to construct this fantasy world? How are they doing kind of the social structure? How are they doing the geography? How are they doing the rough outline of the main conflict between nations or between, like, the, de- you know, the hero and the demon lord or whatever? Uh, but then if the individual story itself doesn't hold on to me after the initial, like, info dump, then I drop it and move on to something else. Mm. But <sighs> realist hero is kind of like watching somebody
2: play Civ VI. Um <laughs> <laughs> Okay, I don't... <laughs> I'm like that's a little bit of a is it is it, it just is, hard um, to follow just like how that was kind of hard to follow the metaphor. No, um,
0: the and I I say that admittedly having like never played Civ Six I've only watched like speed runs basically. Oh um, wait, what? Anyway, um, not speed runs, but basically somebody played. I I watch gameplay and then i fast forward i play it on like two times speed
2: press the button say let's build the obelisk and then it'll be like okay five turns later you build the obelisk without like a progression of like going from like point a to point b if that makes sense
0: i guess um right now i'm kind of in the weeds of infrastructure design uh but having read the light novel and the manga adaptation a little bit further i kind of know where it develops from there the the core of it is basically, um, actually, I think this is a good analogy. Uh, you mentioned Spice and Wolf earlier, Nick. You know how Spice and Wolf is kind of like, hey, have you ever wanted to take an economics lesson but didn't want to actually go to an economics class?
2: Yeah, and I have a good, I've got a good follow to this, so you can keep okay. um
0: How a realist hero rebuilt the kingdom is, hey, have you ever wanted to go into like a sociology and government class but didn't actually want to go to class?
1: Okay, I watched Spice and Wolf, and I adore Spice and Wolf, and, like, I am interested in those things, but you still gotta give me a story and characters and substance, and I just feel like, you know, Spice and Wolf had that, <laughs> and um, a yeah, real hero kind of like that's the mark like- on it. <laughs>
0: Yeah, no. Realist Hero's story is is not as strong as Spice and Wolf's story, but I'm I'm speaking purely in terms of the ability to like put basically
2: like academic level information into an anime for the layperson to watch. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it, I'm gonna call this effect the Keikaku moment only because I think of it like how I was watching Log Horizon where there's a couple times where the main character has a plan that you might not necessarily tell you, but, like, you're given, like, the details of the world, how different characters or factions interact with each other and what their motivations are. And then, ultimately, it kind of comes together in this moment of, like, okay, this is why we did X plan to do to Y, because this group was going to do this motivation. And so it, it's almost like a mix of, like... It, economics and um other like diplomacy sort of ideas that kind of come into um log horizon and i feel like that would be kind of like the root of like a show based on nation building or economics where it's like okay this is what we want this is what our competitors want this is like this is how we're going to try to maximize our returns based on the information we get like it's not as easy to get from point a to point b be and you can't just do it quick if that makes sense like it has yeah, to have no, like, a logical time. flow
0: yeah and the reasoning behind all of your actions absolutely um actually and you could just watch like the first 5 minutes of season 1 nick and you would understand like everything that realist hero is trying to tell you because they're not trying to hide it
2: um he's just he's just really good right is that the thing or no no realist oh, hero no, uh, is a genius realist is like ge- Realist, bad. Genius, good.
0: (laughs) It's so confusing, isn't it?
2: It is, because I'm like, I can't tell if the argument is the writing is worse in realist or if it's worse in genius. Because I thought the point with genius was that he was really good at what he's doing. Like, he's falling up but he doesn't want to necessarily succeed. Yes, one. no, yes. that's exactly, exactly what
1: it is. It's very tragic too, so...
2: <laughs> and, yeah, so it's it's almost Suffering like... from success. You're thinking, like, he's gonna do a thing that should catapult the plans, but then other circumstances he might not have known like, ends up causing his like, his bad move to be like a next level galaxy brain Yeah, um, basically Five Steps Ahead move. Yeah,
0: basically he's trying to Uh, He's trying to make choices that will, like, have negative outcomes but not ruin him. But because his enemies are either, like, too dumb or just bad luck, it just makes him look like he's playing, like, 5D chess.
1: Yeah, it's, like, one of the funniest scenes was his on, like, one of the wars that the other nation was waging on him he uh, he was like, well obviously I'm gonna defend the borders but like his plan was more just to broker peace rather than win win the war and so because he knows if he wins wins the war, he might catch like he, he might catch the eyes of other people and other foreign officials and he was like, that's too much like political things that I'm not interested in and I do <laughs> not want to engage in but like even at the very start of the battle which, his plan was they have less people so they would start off losing and then when the enemy starts pushing them back they would you know trap the enemy and la la and all these stuff but just from the very start his men start like defeating the bad guys
0: (laughs) his soldiers are too well trained and it's like.
1: Trade, it's because he made the mistake of like giving this speech that's meant to like rally people, you know, like, um, give oh, what's the word morality? Like, he gave the print morale. speech that like raises morale, but he did too good of a job of it that their morale was just like through the roof. <laughs> should and so when he hears like literally at the first part of the battle that they were pushing back the enemy who was like twice their size he was like what like h- how so... <laughs>
2: he, he does a little too much of the brave heart speech and yes exactly <laughs> it is
1: just it's so funny and that's and that's just like one example of like the, the sort of hilarity that he has to go through and It always his his basically his like summary of every episode is learning that people are dumber than you know he expects them to be. So,
2: but he has to like save face because like what's what was stopping him from just saying like. Hey, soldiers, uh, we're actually going to sandbag this fight. So, like, <laughs> yeah. uh, good luck against the Horde. Because that doesn't Lord. look good. if the optics, are <laughs> and, the optics.
1: And because he does too well, everyone has, like, complete faith in him. So when he tries to use reverse psychology, it just backfires on him. Because another thing was, now that they won, like, the battle, and it was, like, a complete victory, unlike the peace brokering that he was hoping for... The generals were saying like, oh, we should like proceed forward and take more territories and stuff like that. And he was like, oh, God, like, no, I do not want to prolong this war. Like I like I want us to just back off and return to our kingdom, our small kingdom and just focus on small things. And so he tried to use reverse psychology by suggesting something really outrageous, which is like, well, since we've already won, we should take their gold mine, which is the source of all their money. And all their finances and everything. Like, we should just go there and take that mine and mime, not mine, mine and like claim it for ourselves. And he's thinking to himself, like, it's insane. Like, it's insane because we we're essentially asking to capture like another co- a country's entire economy. And he's like, anyone who knows better would know that this is a terrible, like power hungry idea. So they're going to like tell me, no, we should back off and we should just go back. But once again, because he does such a good job, all the other men are like, "You are brilliant, sir. We will do exactly as you said."
0: Well, it wasn't just it wasn't just that they were going to do exactly what he said, <laughs> but they were like, "Oh my god, you knew exactly what we wanted to do. Yeah. Like, you're on the same page as us. Excellent.
2: Yeah, let's go now take we're that. We're even line. more motivated. Let's go." <laughs> it
1: was yeah. just so tragic because he's just like, "How did it? How did it come to this?" So
0: <laughs> it it really is. I I keep saying like you know. As you said, Nick, like failing up and I keep making that suffering from success joke because I spent too much of my high school years like following DJ Khaled on Snapchat. Um, but it is that that's literally where all the comedy comes from. Um, meanwhile, Realist Hero is um, Nick. How familiar how familiar are you with? I don't want to say ancient. But we'll say like medieval Italian literature. <laughs>
2: that's a question I get asked a lot. Oh, uh, <laughs> i mean is machiavelli italian i mean he sounds italian oh, yeah yeah he's so from one okay. of the italian states
0: so let's you know say, exactly where i'm say going the, with the this the prince the prince exactly um this is essentially realist hero is essentially a short course on the prince uh they don't even try to hide it Literally in the first five minutes, as our character gets isekai to another world, he drops the books that he's reading at the library, and the camera just zooms in, and it is just the Japanese translation of Machiavelli's The Prince. And so that's where basically all of his policies come from, is like this 18-year-old... And that's the other thing that kind of bothers me, is like knowing... This is the issue with it being an isekai. I'm much more willing to accept the fantasy of like, yeah... Prince Wayne um, in Genius Prince is like a teenager, but he's gone to the super special Royal Academy in the Empire. He's been kind of trained for this his entire life. There's some, you know, he can just, he has the training that other rulers would get. He just happens to be more clever than they are. Meanwhile, it's, we have some 18-year-old schmuck who's, (laughs) you know, who hasn't even gone to college yet. He has literally a high school education and I guess reads Italian philosophy books in his spare time. Um, Who is suddenly transported and becomes like the most powerful person in the in in, the, in this nation and he seems to be just like yeah no this is totally fine like he's unperturbed by it like very very rarely do we get any any scenes of like uncertainty uh which again makes the attempts at like emotional resonate you know uh the emotional kind of scenes just fall flat but you know it's He's he's way too qualified. I remember when I was 18 years old. I thought I knew what I was doing. I would have absolutely gotten myself and hundreds of other people killed. If I <laughs> um, I'm literally going to grad school for one small part of, like, governance. I'm there for, like, regional planning and infrastructure engineering and... You know, I'm, I have completed a bachelor's degree and I'm working on a master's degree. And if you told me I was in charge of something, I would also royally
2: screw it up. Uh, the... So uh, just let me know if you're ever working on any bridges and so just mark them conveniently. <laughs> no, no, no,
0: no, no. That's fine. That's fine. You, you won't. You'll be fine. Uh, There's enough checks to make sure I don't screw that up. As much as I say that I would screw it up, the number of times I've probably, in group chats that you're in, that I have just gone, clearly the solution is for Los Angeles to let me unilaterally control how everything gets built, (laughs) uh, has come up at least twice. So, you know, I want power, even though I know that I probably shouldn't have it. Um, But, yeah, it's... You know, it's it's diet philosophy is what the realist hero built uh, that rebuilds the kingdom is is as a show, uh, which would be fine if it had like other redeeming features, like how Spice and Wolf is a diet economics course, but the story's still really cool and it's got charming characters. This has realist hero has not a particularly has a you know cardboard cutout for a main character and not particularly compelling story. I enjoy it though. Having said all of those things about how this is not a good show i like it a lot but that is because i am weird and like the world building part of it and so far you know from what i've watched and what i've read it is almost entirely world building <laughs> there's very few like interpersonal conflicts See, that, very that few... does not
1: work for me at all <laughs> so yeah exactly
0: so there's like no interpersonal conflicts but there's like national like international relations conversations that go on and i I vibe with that real hard so that's why it works for me if you are somebody who is like me you will probably also enjoy realist hero but if you are all more leaning towards gracie you just watch genius prince instead there's so many so many there's only so many shows that come out every season you've only got so many hours in a day so many years on the earth don't spend it on a show that you're not going to like.
1: Okay, so I do want to say that Genius Prince doesn't – it actually does have informational theme and it does employs, like, politics and uh, it, it employs, like, war strategies. I know that because I actually studied historical war strategies to write my novel in order to make it as uh, as realistic as possible when I was writing and so I actually recognize some of the war strategies that are employed by Prince Wayne and by the antagonist when they were fighting each other. So they're definitely using like historical, knowledgeable stuff while packaging an absolute hilarious premise, while also packaging in some really interesting characters. It's so yeah. The most recent. Arc- I'm not
0: saying that. Oh. I'm not saying that Genius Prince is devoid of like educational content but knowledge of historical war tactics will not get you as far today as knowledge of like modern supply chain and kind of political psychology will right well he
1: still does political psychology because that was the second arc that he uh prince wayne was in that he got dragged into (laughs) um it was more political than it was war strategies but I, i yes i get what you're saying and I did, and I think, um, and you can correct me if I'm wrong, James. But maybe this has to do with the characters again. But I also found the female characters in Realist Hero to just be there. Like I almost feel like they didn't have much point in the story at all. Versus in, uh, versus in the Genius Prince, where they have their own motivations. Like Prince Luella, who is the who was sort of like the focus of the second arc like she had a whole arc about her wanting to become empress and making like strides towards it and at the very end it was like oh yeah she has she has a crush on prince wayne too but ultimately that wasn't the most important stuff for her that for her what was most important was becoming empress and she knows she also knows like she even says like I have no chance with him because I know like him and N- Ninum are sort of like it and that's it. But at the same time, like my crush on him was kind of more of an infatuation towards their relationship and seeing how they operate as a team and as a partner and her wishing like, oh, if he can do it with her, then he can do it with me. Right. And so it was almost like she idealized like what the relationship would be like with him and ultimately realizing, you know, that's not the way to go if you want a relationship. and what she wants more than anything else still is to become an empress. And I'm like, I'm like, that's so beautiful in regards to like character building. And I just, at least from the few episodes I saw of Realist, like it didn't seem like that was the case at all in regards to any of the female characters. So yeah. Oh
0: yeah. No, you're totally right. There's the, at least in terms of like comparing the two, the most prominent female characters in genius Prince have far more agency than the than the characters in Realist Hero, like Princess Licia in Realist Hero, is may as well just be the audience. She doesn't do that much. She's there. She's she she exists to be a pretty face and provide kind of exposition to our fish out of water protagonist. But at, outside of that, she you know she exists like many other characters to kind of just be dazzled by the knowledge and and skill of this new this new king person uh which makes the romance section like she falls in love with him and it's like uh, he uh, why though he
1: has the personality <laughs> <laughs> it's
0: it's like it's a great you like you can admire the fact that despite the fact that he really has no ties to this country and the only reason he's there helping is because if he doesn't you know he, he basically just gets executed um you know outside of just oh wow he's really good at his job like that's not a reason to fall in love with somebody and it, and perhaps this might be the character designs not doing him particular you know justice in this particular case but he's not even that attractive like let's be honest all right this silence makes me uncomfortable oh sorry did I, I, I did
1: supposed to say anything but i i i mean i will say something the editor can just like cut off the silence part but uh, i he's not attractive but wayne is very physically attractive so
0: (laughs) well i like i like wayne i think he's drawn a lot better i like the fact that just you know it's funny though because both the protagonists in each of these shows are like teenagers of roughly average height with brown hair but because wayne's hair just is a little bit more extra it gives him that much more personality. Okay,
1: it's asymmetrical, and asymmetrical hairstyles will do it for girls, okay? Or straight girls. It so. does it for me. And, and guys, from the sound of it. so...
0: Look, I can appreciate an attractive person regardless of sex. And
1: I appreciate you for that.
0: <laughs> All right. Anyway, um, I feel like that's kind of the, the long and short of it. I'm trying to see if there's anything else that I have written down here. World building is good. That's why I like it. The, the Oh, I mean, story-wise, because it's an isekai, a uh, realist hero has to deal with, basically, info-dumping. Mm. Um, which is a flaw inherent to isekai series that regular fantasy series can just get over. Um, I don't know how, because, you know, as, as an audience member, the fantasy world is also brand new to me. Um... And so the amount of knowledge I have about, you know, both shows going into it is roughly the same, which is to say nil. Um, but there's something about just straight fantasy shows that just allow you to get immersed so much more quickly. Because I guess it's just the way things are. In I know universe, I know the reason why, to... because
1: I study okay, this it. So the reason why a straight fantasy anime, you just get immersed into it is because the characters you immediately interact with as the viewer are are people who already know how the world works and this is just their normal life. This is like their world. And so instead of, instead of them actually like getting info dumps of this is how the world operates, you see it happen, unfold. And so it's a lot more showing than telling because why would the characters tell you in the first place they already live in this world it's like us having to explain like oh we go to the grocery store to buy food like we don't do that because we all know that like we go to the marketplace or the grocery store to buy food it's just the thing that we do and so you mm-hmm. just see it happen on screen and you learn about the world through that but in in an isekai it's actually kind of a cop out jack and i had this long discussion jack is one of our anime training editors and actually also my novel editor that I hired to help me with my novel, but.
0: And also a special guest on Girl Taku. Check out those episodes. Oh
1: yes. Thank you, Dave. (laughs) But basically Jack and I talked about this where Isekai kind of has a cop out where they don't really have to show you the world. They can straight up tell you because the, because the main character is that person who doesn't know how the world operates? And so all these characters have to explain these things to him or her uh, for them to understand. Versus fantasy, they just go bam, it opens in the world, and this is what you see, and you learn more about it as you go, and that's all there is to it. So that's the reason why. Mm-hmm.
0: Yeah. yeah. And, if you, and, and if you realist. To, oh, yeah.
2: Sorry, go for I, I was going to say, if you want a great example, like Doro does that really well, where a lot of the characters are. Just existing in the world where it's a wild world and it's hard to apply your own conventional logic of how this is supposed to work because it's like a society that gets tormented by wizards and warlocks from another dimension and like the warlocks have their own crazy culture and like there's it's not like explicitly stated in a lot of ways but it's kind of just shown through like how how they're interacting day to day yeah Um, but yeah,
0: the exposition in, in realist show is, (laughs) I was going to say like, it's a struggle, but then I realized like, it's just part of the series, like the pre credit scenes for almost every single episode is like a minute and a half of extra exposition that they could not fit into like the regular show. And so they just drop it on you in the first 90 seconds. It's almost kind of like an intro to what the episode is going to be about (laughs) that week. Um, but then like, we've got... Uh, Episode six, one of uh, there's a huge info dump, like between two different characters that is basically like we as the part, you know, from the perspective of like Soma, like eavesdrop and just hear this entire conversation, which is between two like military officials. And it's like. One of like, yes, one of them clearly does not have as much information as the other, but there is some stuff that is very clearly basic knowledge that is getting repeated angrily at a high volume so that everybody can hear it. It's like, "Mm, doesn't really work for me at the same time, though. The person giving that exposition dump is one of the few characters that I find amusing in the show, like just as personality, because it's it's a lot of like very tropey, like we have our smart at everything. Protagonist. We have like the muscle head who's also a glutton character. We've got the mysterious smarty pants character that gets to be like the prime minister character and things like that. But one like character like trope character that I know exists but don't see very often or I don't see executed very well is the like excessively earnest like gung ho character, because that's usually combined with some degree of, like, incompetence, which is what's supposed to make them charming. It's like, oh, they really want to help, but they can't. Uh I kind of, honestly, I find that a little mm. irritating, um, because if they want to help that badly, they would, at the very least, put in the work to get good. Uh, and this I'm, this is the one time that I've seen it presented in a way that I enjoy, which is like, man, she's really, like, dedicated to her job, and, like, really wants to help out, and is, like, super enthusiastic about what's going on, but is also very good at her job and so it's that combination of enthusiasm and competence that you don't see very much in these stories also the maid is like absolutely one of those like meddling characters that just wants to ship two characters well i know like the the implications of that are a little bit like iffy i do love seeing those kind of you know smirking like, oh, I see what's going on here, like nudging characters. I
3: always
0: (laughs) But you know, that's those are two characters that don't get as much screen time and you know, in a sea of other stuff. So it's, you know, less a reason to watch and more of a you know, just hey, this is neat. It's not a total waste. But uh, yeah, so now that we've talked about it a little bit, Nick, I don't know necessarily this has been a very meandering conversation. But because I think there's just so much going on, particularly in Realist Hero, uh, that is not great. That it's really hard to cover it. Uh, It's, I wanted this to be like a compare contrast on like how all the places where Realist Hero kind of fails and all the places where at the same time like Genius Prince succeeds.
2: But, Eh. Yeah, it kind of devolved where the more I think this conversation went, the more I started to realize, like, wait, this is just like actually a how to spot a good light novel versus how to spot like a bad light <laughs> novel adaptation. Because That's like fine. the the other examples I heard of like good anime based on light novels were like already in the thing because it was like, yeah, Log Horizon and Spice and Wolf are like Really great um light novels and adaptations of that as well, because um, almost like my thought is like the medium kind of forces it to be a little bit more wordier because it's just like the author is able to give as much detail about the world, but there might not be like the best opportunity to present that information. Um, yeah, like sometimes it it's like you have to just present it in the exposition because that's the only option that you have based on like how the plot progresses and everything else. Um, Whereas, like, I think manga adaptations, they kind of get away with some stuff where you can put, like, expositions, like, between chapters and, like, you, the audience, can kind of treat it as, like, okay, timeout, like, timeout, this is what's happening. Like, I know Attack on Titan does that a lot and they, they even present it within those, the time cards within the show that no one ever is, like, wow, all the information that they show in something like that is, like, exposition that takes away from, I guess, the runtime of the episode
0: yeah, it's it's honestly you're mentioning on like how to spot like a good adaptation versus a bad adaptation is is a pretty good like conclusion. I would say actually, though, that this is more of a conversation on what types of stories lend themselves to being adapted to an anime. Because as you mentioned, when, you know, with light novels, you can put as much text as you want, like to a degree. Um, and how you choose that text is really how your final product comes out. And so it's the work of the team adapting it to turn like pages and pages of descriptors and exposition into something that is better than just somebody speaking a script that is just all the exposition.
2: Mm -hmm. And We've talked even in the past where it was like 8686 is like, um, the anime goes above and beyond oh, the details that you get from the yeah, light novel yeah. we don't, no don't get we
0: her don't started, get started i, know, I, we I don't... <laughs> will get
1: started all over again on how brilliant the anime adapted the light novel but i do want to say real quick that uh some uh, some of our fans uh started after they watched genius prince decided to start reading it and they said that from what i've seen is it like Really blew their expectations out of the water because, like, the comedy continued the light novel series, but the plot twists have started to happen, and in like ways that was set up very well in what seemed like very comedic moments at the beginning, and they're just like, oh my god, the way that this this story very much shows every action you make very much has repercussions that can continue throughout time they're like is insane so i'm just overall really excited about that fact since now that i've seen people who have started reading light novel we're like oh there there's good stuff coming along so <laughs> <laughs>
0: mm-hmm. i think my conclusion is i'm gonna keep watching both of them but i enjoy one more than the other
1: Oh, I'm only watching one. You feel,
0: Gracie. I, you're kind of obligated to watch everything. No, no,
1: no, no. I'm only watching one. I'm not watching Realist Hero Part Two. So, Oh,
0: <laughs> yeah. uh, there we go. So, Nick, if we convinced you to watch either one of these <laughs> shows, <laughs> uh, <no. laughs>
2: uh, I think I would actually watch Genius Prince. I think the comedy was was pretty funny. Like, I mean, you were I was laughing like legitimately from some of the pre- the premises that you were talking about, that I, yeah. I think that would be generally enjoyable. Uh, I
0: think you would enjoy the conversations between Wayne and Neil. Oh, yes. It's, it, they they have a very good... Mm-hmm. That That's the one thing that, like, aside from all the other things that we talked about, you know, Genius Prince kind of does better, it's the importance of having like a close-knit pair of people, especially when you want to have back-and-forth conversations. You need to have a set of two people that are close enough and intimate enough with each other comfortable enough with each other to have those discussions and again this is a flaw with isekai is that you never have that because our protagonist is dropped into the world and hasn't had time to develop any of those connections i mean
1: you can but isekai has a tendency to smush the characters together is the other thing but yes i i know what you're saying and wayne and ninum um's like uh, chemistry is off the charts i love those two so
2: <laughs> they're great
0: so anyway uh in conclusion watch Genius Prince. And if you are interested in learning how to run a city-state based on the writings, the somehow still relevant writings of some like, I think like what, 16th century Italian muckety-muck, but don't want to bother actually reading The Prince, uh,
2: watch Realist Hero. And if you want a uh, more modern take on how to run an empire in modern day you should uh, watch a little known film called the godfather <laughs> deals with a lot of the uh, machiavellian uh, themes as well <laughs> uh, as yeah. the
1: uh, nick is saying as the italian on
2: <laughs> as the italian of sicilian heritage uh that's probably my family on the screen uh, very authentic movie. <laughs> required required reading required
0: required viewing yeah um I, I could, we're already running over time, but uh, I, I do like talking about Machiavelli, um, mostly because I, my ultimate goal is to rule over my particular municipality with, I would say, not an iron fist, but I want to, I'm literally going to school so they can put me in charge of things.
2: I see. I like pretending to know about Machiavelli just so I can justify being a jerk. Yeah. That, that. I mean, let's be perfectly honest, <laughs> that's how most people use it. Yeah. <laughs>
0: I'm not going to comment. Um, <laughs> yeah (laughs) (laughs) i realized no this was a conversation that i had with some of my classmates is that i i've boiled down a lot of my kind of opinions on things and so i've i've spent a lot of time thinking about it and so they come out in like one sentence chunks that once i review those as like an out of context sentence make me sound like a monster so yeah i literally one time in class i literally was just like i'm not a good person and then that just
2: ended the conversation. The there like lecture hall just stops, and everyone's like, "What?" <laughs> yeah,
0: not 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 a great not a great look,
2: not um, not a great cold open. <laughs> yeah.
0: Like oh anyway, no. this outro is dragged on long enough. Thank you so much for listening, everybody. Uh, do we have any closing comments from other hosts? Mm, nope. No, I mean I think I covered my cases. Yeah. Okay. Cool. We'll see you all next time. Oh. Uh, now it's time to plug stuff for the end of the show. So as we mentioned earlier, please listen to Girl Taku. It's our sister podcast. Um, do you want to say anything about it, Gracie? Um, since on it?
1: it's very fun. We all have a fun time. It's just girls talking and sometimes we disagree with each other and it's mainly, it's actually mainly me and Agnes disagree with each other, but yeah, it's fun.
0: <laughs> <laughs> yep. <laughs> All right. uh, One other thing, we have the Anime Trending Awards show coming up. So that'll be on February 26th at 6 p.m. Pacific time. Uh, I cannot do the conversions off the top of my head, but uh, y'all can figure it out. Uh, We're very excited for our live stream. Uh, This is something that I look forward to every single year. We've, uh, you know, we're very happy with everybody that's participated in all the polls, and we cannot wait to show you who the winners are. So once again, February 26th at 6 p.m. Pacific time, the Anime Trending Awards live stream.
1: Make sure to watch it and support us. Thank you, guys.
0: Thank you so much for listening, and we will see you next time. Goodbye. Goodbye.